Father, we thank you for this precious man. And the gift of God he is to our church and the friend he's become to many of us. Um, we ask, Lord, that you'd use him mightily in your hands. And Lord, we ask uh, 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 just for our own hearts and our own ears to be open to receive and be transformed by the message he's prepared. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay. I have my water. So today... By the grace of God, this message will make sense. Um, I think that it's going to stretch me a little bit, probably stretch the church a little bit, the message, uh, mainly because um, I think what the Lord is revealing to me, um, he's revealing to me in the moment as we, as we traverse, as we travel as a church. Uh, I think there's been a deposit that the Lord is giving me, and I think he's also depositing it into our community. And... So my goal, my aim, is to communicate what the Lord is telling me, and hopefully I can communicate that articulately to you all, but it will be only by the Spirit of God that that actually occurs. So I'll try to stick to my notes, and uh, obviously we're in the Love Thy Neighbor series. Uh, Daryl was kind of joking around with his, uh, saying he did a poor job on his message last week. <laughs> Daryl did actually a really good job. In fact, um, sometimes we get a really good message, seven days later we get another message, and we kind of move on from the previous message. And I would encourage us, right, uh, as Daryl spoke about fathering in this house, to be covered and to cover people. I know we've continued with this series, but I don't think we can move on from that quickly. I think we need to maintain that desire to be covered and to cover other people. So I just really encourage you, right? I mean, we're streaming it online today. I know we are in a very fast-paced world, but like, let's grab a hold of that message that Daryl spoke last week because it's going to be really important in order to get Love Thy Neighbor right. In order to be able to be a strong, steadfast community, we need to be committed to being under people's covering, under fatherhood, and to be able to cover other people. So let's take that challenge uh, in the weeks ahead to just remain steadfast in what Daryl was preaching. So I don't want us to kind of just move by that, right? And just think that we're moving on as a church just because something is spoken in the pulpit one Sunday and we've moved on to another message. That message still holds true for the community. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. So I'm going to continue in the Love Thy Neighbor series. And I was, I think it was Wednesday morning prayer that I helped lead with John and Joel. I think Lily was praying last week as well. And there was just this burden, like, that I was just feeling in the place of prayer. And we're just praying for our community, the city. And I don't know about you, but, you know, there's sometimes a burden that's released in prayer. Has anybody ever felt that before, just a burden released in prayer? And so John begins to pray for our city, and he's starting to pray uh, f against, like, racial divisions and disparities. And, uh, and then there's just this burden that comes on me in regards to the city that surrounds us. And what that burden was is what exactly, not just me, but our community has to say about it. Our community has to do about it. And in the place of prayer, what I'm reminded of is that um, there's been a lot of conversation post-pandemic even. I mean, you may have noticed it too, uh, people in the community who feel as if like the Lord is, is pushing us, is moving us, is kind of placing us on the verge of something new. I mean, how could we not be, right, after the year that we've gone through? 
the, the last year, right? It's been, it's been quite a roller coaster, but we're coming out of this pandemic and there's something new on the horizon. I feel like people are sensing it, right? There's a momentum that's occurring. And the question is, what's that momentum? And I think when the Lord was depositing something in prayer, you know, there's, there's this, this missional heart of God that I think he's revealing to our community. And as we're thinking about praying for the city, we're praying for the community, we're praying for the indigenous population in this area, right? And we're praying and we have a heart for them. And I just feel like the Lord is just revealing a purpose for this house. This house has a particular purpose and a particular mission. And so we're coming out of a place, right, where we're kind of just like, we're just trying to survive, right? What does what the church look like? And we're being propelled into a new place of maturity, which looks like mission. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're now in a missional phase, right? There's this, this thing that God is pushing us to, and you know, hear Daryl talking about it quite a bit where sometimes we can get really content where we've been, what we've been doing in the house. And sometimes this is really confusing for people, right, when we're communicating the gospel, is that we think that the pinnacle of our faith is what happens in this building, what happens in the four walls. So we come to church and we think that this is the fullness of what God has for us. This is where we express our faith in its fullness. And this is the pinnacle of our salvation. But the question I think that the Lord is posing to us is that, is it really? Is that really the fullness of what God has for this house? And I think I'm going to spell this out. Oh, I know I'm going to spell it out for us scripturally, uh, what God has to say. We've been trying to work inward the last few weeks about love thy neighbor, what we need to do to be able to love our brothers and sisters. Uh, I do believe that God is calling us to a new place of maturity, and the fullness of maturity looks outward. A mature people are an outward people. A mature people have found their satisfaction in Christ and are no longer satisfied in it just being their faith that a mature people no longer are satisfied with the four walls being the demonstration of their faith, but in the, in, in the spirit of love thy neighbor, that when we fully love God, that the neighbor, our neighbors, we, we, we grow a heart for them, that, that missions is the heart of God, that we actually begin to expand beyond the four walls, and we think to ourselves, you know what, great maturity calls me out of myself to stop thinking so much about me and what I need and my abundance and my needs. Full maturity for this house is thinking about the needs of our neighbors. And so I'm gonna spell this out for us scripturally. I pray that I can stick to my notes. Let's start where I think it's always a great place to start when you're talking about the heart of God, the first book in the Bible, Genesis. I'm gonna throw off our screen guy back there. I might throw in some extra scriptures, I'm sorry. But uh, if, you could, if you could rock with me, this is definitely something that we've planned, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. If you do not have a Bible, we have the scriptures behind me. Genesis chapter 12, first book. We're gonna start in verse one. Let me give you a little context for what's happening here. We're kind of diving into the story of Abraham at this present time, known as Abram, before the Lord changes his name. And so we're uh, in Genesis, and we're kind of zoning into this, this story, right? We're in the middle of a, of a road trip in some sense, right? We're in the middle of a journey. 
And so we're, we're kind of catching up mid-journey with Abram and his family. So there's, there's Terah, his father. There's Abram, his Sarah, his wife, Lot, his nephew. And they're in the midst of a journey to Canaan. And so where we catch them in Genesis chapter 12 is in Haran, not Canaan. But they're on their way to Canaan, in theory. If you look at the book of Acts chapter, you don't have to go here, Acts chapter 7, uh, it actually gives us what happens, uh, it gives us an account that's not actually depicted in Genesis. Because in, in Genesis, we know that, that Terah calls his family, Abraham's father, he calls Abraham and Sarah out of the place of their kindred which is the Ur of the Chaldeans. This is a location where their family is originated. This is where they're from. This is where they're living. And they're called out of this place. The Lord calls them out of this place to Canaan. And in the book of Acts, we see that who calls them, we, we see who calls them out of the Ur of the Chaldeans. I'll read it really quickly. Acts chapter seven. Uh, in the high priest, actually, I'll start here. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham. This is Stephen's account. When he was in Mesopotamia, otherwise known as Ur of the Chaldeans, before he lived in Haran. So, and he said to him, go out from your land and from your kindred and go into the land that I will show you. Then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. So we see that the Lord calls Abram out of his kindred, out of his hometown, out of his place of origin. So when we're in Genesis, back to the original scripture, we see that although they're on their way to Canaan where God has called them to, they're not there yet. They're in the middle of the journey. They've left the, origin, the place of origin, but they've arrived at Haran, and guess what they've done? They've settled there. They've stayed there. They haven't moved beyond Haran. And this is where we, we come into the story. It's Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. Now catch this. So that. So that. Somebody say, so that. So that. Now, so that indicates that the, the author is, a, is about to indicate the reason for a thing, right? The purpose of a thing. So, so that you will be a blessing. You get that? So that you will be a blessing. So that you will be a blessing. The purpose is for you to be a blessing. The reason is for you to be a blessing. So, Sometimes we forget this little caveat here, part of this promise. Let me read on. I will bless those who bless you. In him who dishonors you, I will curse. In you, all the families of the earth shall be what? Blessed. Shall be what? Blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Amen? Genesis 12. So let's break this down a little bit. I'll try to be quick. <laughs> I'm already like 20 minutes in. I feel like I got um, some, t some things to cover still. But Genesis 12, so we see that he's in Haran. So we know that the Lord already spoke to him. Let's, let's remember this. The Lord already spoke to Abram. Acts says that the Lord spoke to Abram in his uh, uh, town of origin. So when we get to Genesis 12, this is actually the Lord speaking to him again. 
Go from your country. Just imagine him saying, remember, go from your country, like I said. Go from your kindred. But one thing that is added in Genesis chapter 12 that's not in Acts chapter 7 is a third place that he must depart. In Genesis 12, it says that the Lord calls him out of his father's house. That's the place of Haran where they're found, right? We're in the midst of this family vacation in the middle of a journey, right? And I can see that, the, that Haran is a, it's a place of commerce, a place of trade. There's probably a comfortable life there. They've probably settled there and they're enjoying it and probably honestly just forgotten all about the, 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 the location that God has ultimately called them to. And so they're there and God is interrupting their little vacation, their little settling, and, they're, and he's saying, I told you, go from your country, Abram did, go from your kindred, he left, right, the lineage of his family, but then he says, but also leave your father. And so now he's in this place in Haran, and and Abram is now being called out of Haran, remember that there's another place that I'm showing you. And so now we see that God is confronting Abram to finish the journey to complete his mission, right? That all of this is contingent upon his obedience to the fullness of his mission, right? That you cannot settle in Haran. You cannot settle in a middle place. You cannot settle in a place that's comfortable. You cannot just listen to part of the command. You can't just listen to leave your country and leave your kindred, but you also have to leave your father's house. And so God is calling, I think, our community to not just settle for a part of the commands, right? to not just settle for our own blessings, to not just settle for what he has for inside the four walls. But just like he's called Abram out of the place of Haran, we also have to believe that the mission must still be completed in the city of Boston. Does that make sense? That there's a place that God is calling us to that is not Haran, right? If this place is Haran, we've, we've, we, the four walls, I think we can often confuse like, okay, like I'm a believer. I've left the old things. I've left the old sins. I've left the old patterns. God has given me an abundant life. He's given me comfort. He's given me these things where I feel like I have an abundance of joy and hope. And, and, and what God is saying is that that's not it. That's not it. That wasn't the original promise. What was the original promise? Genesis 12, so that, so that you will be a blessing. Abram, this isn't for you. It's not just about you, Abram. I didn't call you out of your kindred, out of your father's home for you. I think that's exactly what the Lord is speaking to Hilltop today. I didn't establish this church for you. I didn't didn't call you to your faith for you. Your journey is incomplete unless you get the so that. We have to be a people of so that, right? So that we will be a blessing. And so we're in this Love Thy Neighbor series, and Love Thy Neighbor, by the time you get to the the New Testament, and we see that these are the great commands that Jesus speaks of, and we see that God is, is inextricably linking loving God and loving neighbor, it makes sense, right? That he doesn't call people to God without having the, the mission, placing a mission on them. It's just not how God works. From the very beginning of our faith, he calls people to God and he gives them mission. It's and both. Love thy neighbor is the fullness of the maturity of our faith. 
I spent a lot more time on that than I thought I would, but we'll keep going. <laughs> so I think Abram's physical journey here to Canaan models a few things for our spiritual journey as a house. As God was revealing the purpose of this house, I think he was just speaking these scriptures over me. Abraham's physical journey, his literal journey to Canaan, I think is an example of our spiritual one. Oftentimes we know that God speaks. Listen, if anybody's gonna come to God, God has to speak to them. Nobody comes to God unless he calls them. So all of us in this house, there's a prompting that brought you here. There's a voice that called you here. That's what we see in Acts, that's what we see in Genesis is that God spoke. You see the, the account of the universe? What happened first? God spoke. All right, so, so we're not here unless God speaks. So we also have to hold on to the promise that God spoke something over our house, right? God spoke something over this church. God speaks. And sometimes God has to speak again, right? When we're, when, when we're falling short, we're not necessarily where we need to be. In Genesis 12, he speaks again. He's faithful to keep speaking. He's faithful to keep declaring vision. He's faithful to keep declaring promises over our house. So this is the first thing. This is the first part of the spiritual journey is God speaks and God has spoken to us. And when God speaks, I think three things are revealed. One, like Abram, we got to leave the old stuff behind. I think this is some stuff that I, we, we tend to tr preach really well. I think we're disciples of this in Christianity, right? It's like, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do this sin. Be different, right? Like we, we have things that we want to stop like patterns, uh, curses, generational curses, like the things that, you, you know, you don't, oh, I'll never be like my dad. Oh, I hate when my dad does this. Oh, I hate when my mom does this. I'll never be that. And yet we do the same exact things that our parents do when we're their age. And that's because we are discipled in our flesh by what surrounds us. And before we meet God, before we can call him father, we have earthly fathers who inform us. We have earthly cultures that inform us. And so when we're called to God, our first call is to leave them. It's to walk away from those old patterns and practices, to trust God that that is not what he has for you. He has a new thing. And so that's very the beginning of what Abram must do. We can signify this oftentimes as just repentance from old life, old habits, we must repent, right, for the things that do not reflect the glory of God. But two, he promises something to Abraham. What does he promise? He says, I'll make you a great nation. Now, this is the part of the promise I'd be listening to, right? If, I, if the Lord is speaking to me, I'm like, get to the good stuff, right? And I would have stuck here. Oh, I'm going to make you a great nation. All right, keep on going, Lord. I like that. I will bless you and make your name great. Okay, I like that as well. Make my name great, right? This is the stuff that, but, but honestly, right? We, we may not be receiving, right, possession in the physical, but God is giving us an abundance. He's giving us a possession in the spiritual. He's declaring a new thing over us. And so this is what happens, right? We leave the old things behind. And what we remember is that where God calls us to, what, what, all, that, all that God is telling Abraham is where I'm calling you to is better than where you were. That's, That's it. Your name's gonna be greater than what it was. You're gonna be better off than where you were before. 
Is this not our story? Is this not our faith? That when we fall, when we leave, I know it's so hard. We want to, we got to leave the things and we're just so comfortable with those things. We're so comfortable in our father's house. We're so comfortable with the old patterns and practices, but God is declaring where you're going is better than those things. It's so much better than those things. I'm making your name great. I'm making a great nation out of you. I'm making this church something that will declare to the nations that I'm good. We have to remember that God speaks. He calls us out of the old thing, but what he gives us is better than the old. Now, this is where I think most of us get caught up. We get these first two things, all right? We disciple it this way, and, we're, and, we're, and when we inform our lives, we read scripture doing these two things. What I got to leave behind, what sins I got to stop doing, and then we, we talk about, oh God, what do you have for me, and what, 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 are you, what are you leading me into, what are you giving me, what are my blessings, what are my gifts, how are you perfecting me, how are you completing me? This, is, this takes up nearly 100% of our spiritual formation. And yet it's not, it's, it's only two thirds of it. It's the incomplete story. Like I said, when God calls us to him, he gives us mission. The fullness of the maturity involves an outward working, looking beyond ourselves. If, if God's promise to Abram stopped, where would it have stopped? If it stopped, mm, and I will make your name great. End of promise. Now, good for Abram, very bad for us. Very, very bad for us. If the promise ends, I will make your name great, and there's no other call, that's bad for the world. The church as it stands would not exist today. The people of Israel would not have been uh, would not exist as they have been, right? They, they, they would not have been established as they were if the promise ended at make your name great. I mean, some of us need to hear this. Some of us have come to Jesus and this is the only part of the promise we've heard is that God is gonna fix me. He's gonna change my life. Amen, yes and amen to that. But that's not where the promise ends for this house. It's just not so that you will be a blessing. So that you will be a blessing. That's the third part, guys. Our purpose is to bless others. We live to bless others. We, we, we bear the image of God so other people can see him. It's not just for us. We're hilltop, right? City on a hill. People gotta see. So we see that blessing others oftentimes, even the New Testament is the pinnacle of our spiritual practice. I might throw some scriptures. Number four, somebody's kid is acting up. I want to handle that business. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Where am I? <laughs> All right. So point being, regeneration, right? This place of salvation is not the pinnacle of our faith. We are not the sole beneficiaries of our faith. 
I know we have a lot of discipleship around self-renewal and wholeness. These are great streams, great practices, great teachings that God is making us whole, emotionally healthy and complete. He wants to give us rest, all true. But our self-renewal is specifically designed to renew others. That's what it's for. For people who are seeking wholeness and rest for themselves, it's not the purpose. It's so that. And so the more that we get discipled in what God is doing, changing in our lives, the more that he's impressing on our hearts is that I have this for everyone. Can you imagine? This is for everyone. And it should increase our compassion and passion for the purposes of the people around us. New Testament scriptures. First uh, Peter, uh, actually... Uh, James, James chapter 1, verse 27. (laughs) James chapter 1, verse 27. I told you I'd throw them off. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll just read it. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. Visit orphans. Visit widows. In their affliction. And what? And to keep oneself unstained from the world. And, see, some of us are worried so much about keeping ourselves unstained. That's half of it. Listen, we're not just these trophies, right? We think, okay, I I, want to be a trophy for God. I want to be an example of his goodness. I want to walk in holiness. I want to be sanctified. And we think that our life is like a trophy case that nobody can touch, that isn't any good for anybody. It's just impressive. Like we're, we're just, we're, we're following God to be impressive. Look what God did in me. That's a trophy. Now it, it is important to keep oneself unstained from the world, but, but what is, what is this first thing? The, the pure and undefiled practice of our faith is to visit orphans, to visit widows and their affliction. That's your spiritual maturity, Hilltop. That's our spiritual maturity. It's not just simply to be or, or not just simply to be trophies, but to be a tool, but to be used for something. And so we also see this in First Peter, two nine. I'll just read that as well. <laughs> you got it. Okay. James one twenty seven. I'm going to First Peter two nine. <sighs> you are a chosen race. Oh, see, this is the stuff that I love. You know, I love just praying over myself. <laughs> yes, God. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am special. <laughs> well, I know some of y'all do that. Oh, wow. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your blessings. I'm a, you are a chosen race. And you just put your name here sometimes. There are Bibles that do that, by the way. That you just put, that insert your name in places. I'm going to get one of those. I'm a chosen race. Yes, God. I'm a royal priesthood. Sometimes we do got to say this stuff. I'm a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're in trouble again. What does it say? That you. Oh. Oh. That's interesting. That you. That, that sounds really familiar to something we read. Oh, it's like, so that. Wow, that is awesome. That you, 
may proclaim. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Joe. Come on. That you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Man, I'm gonna close soon. <laughs> Mark 12, verse 28. This will be the last scripture. Hopefully. One of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered, Jesus being he, answered them well, asked him, which commandment is, uh, sorry, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Notice that he didn't ask for two. The scribe didn't ask for two. He asked for one. Jesus was like, I'll give you two. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. 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 And the scribe said to him, you're right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one. And there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more. Much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Imagine that. And after that, no one dared to ask him any questions. I feel like that happened a lot. <laughs> I ain't got no more questions, Jesus. That was good, right? So obviously we see here that love of God comes first, right? I mean, this is God to Abram. Just follow my voice. Obedient to me. Right? We see him has, you have to respond to God first. But... Because ultimately, God, love of God, it orients us to him. His goodness, his faith, his mercy, his love, his justice. And, and it sustains our walk. It sustains us. Uh, but we also see this, this, this language that he, he places the second command. He, he places it like as, as if it's equivalent. It's, it's, it's like you can't do one without the other. And he's asking us to love our neighbors as ourself, that implies as ourself, as yourself, as yourself. It's, the, the, it's, it's happening simultaneously. That, that as we're growing inwardly, mature, like in maturity, as yourself, loving your neighbor as yourself, when we grow spiritually, right, inwardly, that it's reflected simultaneously, outwardly. That our neighbors are almost beat for beat beneficiary of our blessings. Beat for beat. When I grow, they're blessed. So as I grow, so will my heart grow for my neighbors. As I'm disciplining myself, I'm praying and I'm reading the scripture and, and, and it feels as if I'm doing well. Well, it's, it's, it's supposed to be so that as you're doing it, you're blessing others. 
Others are to receive all that we have. The passion and zeal we have for one of ourselves, we should have for others, our neighbors, our city. We see this uh, when Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, he tells his disciples how to pray. He says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You see this, what happens, right? That as we're forgiven, simultaneously, beat for beat, we forgive others. You see how, you see how the kingdom works? That the people around us are immediate beneficiaries of what happens inside of us. And so for the city of Boston, right? Can we embrace the fullness of God's call, right? Do we believe that there's a mission for the house? That as he blesses us, as, as, as love pours out in our community, as the gifts are, 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 are pouring out, as prophecy is pouring out, as we're being encouraged and strengthened in this house, Sunday mornings, is it being reflected beat for beat in the city? Where we go home in our neighborhoods, beat for beat, would God grow us in a heart for our neighbors? We can't be a spiritually mature people if we're not a loving one. It's contingent upon each other. God's desire is for our personal devotion so that it blesses those around us, just like Abram, so that he will be a blessing. That's all I got. <laughs> mm. Maybe we can have a, um, I don't know who's on keys today. Is that you, Joe? Is he in Beyond Sunday right now? So we don't have a keys player? Oh, Nick. Oh, you're in Beyond Sunday. Gotcha. So my desire in my heart for our, our church uh, is that that as we as we kind of traverse this series, as, as we grow, as we're being discipled, as the word is proclaimed, as we're learning, uh, that we would grow in love and it, we would grow in desire and compassion, not just for the house that he's established, but for the purpose of the house. That, 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 that the city of Boston, so that we, would, that we would even think, just like he spoke to Abram, that I'm making you a great people so that the city would be blessed, so that Boston would be blessed. He's establishing Hilltop for us so that. Who believes that? My last point, and then we'll, we'll pray. The scribe in Mark chapter 12, he heard Christ's directive, he heard the commands, and he agreed. He said, you know what, Jesus, you're right. That's wise. Love God, love others. Makes sense. What does Jesus say to him in response? He says, You've answered wisely, and you're not far from the kingdom of God. If we want to see the kingdom, if we want to see the kingdom, 
We want to see the kingdom of God in this city. We want to get close to the kingdom. We want to establish kingdom. We want to be a missional community. We want people to see the glories of God. We got to see those commands rightly. You get those commands right, you get the kingdom. So some of us are looking for kingdom and have skipped the commands to love thy neighbor. And the scribe just simply acknowledging Oh, just acknowledging. He didn't even follow Jesus. Didn't even commit his life to him. By acknowledging, he got closer. What happens if we embrace these fully? If we walk them out? If we're obedient to God with all that we have? That when we leave this, 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 this building today, that we actually have a, a grow a heart for our neighbors. That we grow a heart for our communities. That we actually believe that those who are struggling, that those who are oppressed, that the widows and the orphans, they deserve us to, to meet them in their affliction. If we meet them in their affliction, how how much more will we see the kingdom? If he just got close, we'll be living right in the midst of it. If we could just simply obey God's two commands, love God and love thy neighbor. I want to be in the midst of your kingdom, God. I want to be in the midst of your kingdom, God. I don't want to just be close. I don't want to just see it. I want to live in it. I want the city of Boston to reflect your kingdom. Establish it, God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Boston as in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Cambridge as in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on Harvard as in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Dorchester as in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God, we're just asking. Oh, God, we love your word. Oh, we love your word. 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 We thank you for declaring your goodness. We thank you for revealing your promises. We thank you for, for, for depositing a purpose on this house. We thank you for your purpose on this house, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that in the past seasons, God, Lord, that you've been working on us inwardly. I thank you in the past seasons, God, that you've been maturing us inwardly. I thank you that in the past seasons, God, that you've poured out something inside these four walls, Lord, that we can't deny and that we can't reject. We say thank you for those seasons, but we believe, God, that there's another season coming, and I thank you, God, that you're maturing us outwardly. I thank you, God, that you're pushing us on the verge of something new. I thank you, God, that what was old oh, we're walking away from and that you have a Canaan a promised land that there's somewhere else we have to go that there's another place we have to travel to there's a people that must hear your word I thank you God that this is our season I thank you God I thank you, God, that your promise to Abraham didn't end with Abraham. I thank you, God, that there is a so that. I thank you that there's a blessing for the nations. I thank you, God, that you're not so concerned with blessing a person, but blessing a people. I thank you, God, that you didn't die for a person, you died for a people. I thank you, God, that you don't just love a person, you love a people. And that when we receive your love, we love others. When we receive your forgiveness, we forgive others. When we receive your justice and mercy, our neighborhoods are changed. They look like justice and mercy. I thank you, God.
thank you, God. I thank you, God, that I'm a product of somebody saying yes to you, God. I thank you that somebody reached out to me and shared the love of Christ with me. I thank you. I thank you that somebody looked outwardly. I thank you for a people who believed in the second commandment. I thank you for somebody who saw me and said, hey, that's someone who needs the love of God. I thank you for somebody who took you seriously, who wanted to see the kingdom. I thank you that somebody looked outside of themselves, past their own troubles, past their own problems past their own immaturity and they said I'm looking outward I'm looking for someone to bless I'm looking for someone to love I'm looking for someone to forgive that's the, that's the people I'm thanking you for make us that kind of people today God make us that kind of people today God so we're gonna close I just invite um I don't know if we have time but if you want prayer I know